Welcome to Life in Context, a conversational podcast where we explore life and relationships in the context of Christian faith, relationship with Jesus, biblical truth, and emotionally healthy practices. I'm your host, Esther. And I'm your host, Jill. We come from different backgrounds and life experiences and bring our different professional and personal skills and training to our conversations. We agree on many things. And we differ on other things. That's part of what we enjoy about our conversations. We love to encourage and challenge each other and our listeners to consider new approaches, new ideas, and ways to think about life within the context of our faith. It's always our hope in these podcasts to bring real life strategies, positive ideas, and faith-building practices that can be applied to these sometimes challenging topics that we all face in life. So let's get into today's topic. So here at Life in Context, we thought it would be important for our listeners to know a little bit about your host lives in context. So today I have the privilege of interviewing my good friend Esther DeWitt, my co-host in Life in Context. So today, say hi Esther. Hi Jill. <laughs> hi everybody else. So today I'm going to ask Esther some questions about her background and it is very interesting. My friend wears many hats. I do. So first of all, Esther, one of your very interesting hats is being an emotional anger management specialist. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I am. I'm a certified anger management specialist, which means that people can get referred to emotional management coaching or anger management coaching and I can provide that. And I did the training so that I could service clients from the court system and from workplace issues, but I've actually begun to apply it in a much broader perspective. I think the more I learned about emotional management training and coaching, the more I could see that people in their everyday lives yeah. really were wrestling with very strong and negative emotions, whether it's panic attacks or anxiety or depression or overwhelming. This is a big one that I mm -hmm. really see it happen a lot. Anger is not the only emotion that people wow. feel overwhelmed with. And so I use that and those skills in a lot of other aspects, but I am technically a certified anger management specialist. Well, that's amazing. And as you said, it probably dovetails just into everyday life, even just in your own interpersonal relationships. It does. Um, <laughs> I see so many places that it's applicable. I see so many times when I wish, oh, I wish I had known that years ago. Yeah. I wish I had had these skills a long time ago. And I came about the skills and the interest in the skills kind of backwards. So I am a conflict resolution specialist. Additionally, I got my master's degree in organizational psychology and I do mediation and I do some conflict resolution through the court system, through churches, through private organizations, through families and individual clients. And I discovered that a lot of people in conflict have some emotional management uh, concerns. And and so we were able to integrate those two things and to say, how can we use these skills to help us in the conflict resolution process? So you do that in church settings and in secular settings. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I do. I went through a program where I received a credential as a mediator, which means that I can mediate conflict through the court system here in San Diego County is where I'm registered. And the courts, judges can refer people to me, but also businesses, companies, churches, families uh, will come to me and we can look at a lot of different conflicts and 
try to approach it from different ways to find a resolution that's going to work for everybody. Mediation isn't like going to a judge. It's not like going to an arbitrator. I don't resolve the conflict for the people. Mm. I help provide the skills and the atmosphere and the environment to help them resolve their conflicts so that they're entering into an agreement they're willing to live with. That is so interesting. And I have to say that must be an interesting seat to sit in. And how do you keep yourself safe? Like you must be safe to them for them to be able to bring all this conflict to you. I think having the anger management training in the background really helps me with that. But I also have experience as an elementary school teacher. Uh, mm. Many years ago, I was an elementary school <laughs> Lots teacher. Of and, well, sometimes when I am mediating, I'm able to kind of bring my teacher persona, mm-hmm. and which is less intimidating. A lot of people who do mediation and conflict resolution come from the law. And sometimes attorneys can be intimidating mm-hmm. and it can be a little overwhelming And I think coming from an educational background, I can use that to help my clients feel a little safer, a little more comfortable in the process. And for me, because relationships are always important, I can try to figure out if there's a relationship issue at the core of whatever else the dispute is about. And we can try to resolve all of those together. And it's amazing to me. I love the process. I didn't grow up with conflict resolution skills. (laughs) When I began to discover that there were these very practical skills that we didn't just have to hide or get angry, that we didn't have to pretend or just give up. Right, right. Right. I was so excited to learn the skills. And the more skills I learned, the more I wanted to train. And I actually became a specialist in what we call high conflict personalities. Yes. Conflict prone personalities. Uh And how to help people who get stuck in conflict patterns, how to help them get through the process and find resolution. Sometimes people get so stuck that they can't even picture what is it that I want? Mm -hmm. What is it that would make this feel better for me? What would it feel like to have this conflict over and be ended? And what am I willing to do to get there? I think sometimes people get so stuck, they just fall into patterns. And so it's my job to help them get out of those. Now, we can't resolve every conflict, right? They have to be willing. I don't resolve them for them. Right. (laughs) And it's got to be a process. It is a process. It's not like fix it, Esther. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, mediation is much quicker than people think. I had clients uh, last week that were stunned that a conflict they'd been dealing with for years that had dragged down through the court system and their attorneys were there. We found a solution, a resolution that worked for everybody in the room in two hours. Wow. So sometimes it's faster than people think, but it can be a process. It can take several sessions. And my goal is to help people really come with self-determination or what we call in the church free will. Mm -hmm. They're making their own voluntary choices. Always feels better that way. It does. And you know what? People follow through more. If a judge or an arbitrator tells Mm -hmm. them this is what you got to do, people are less likely to do it than if they voluntarily agree. Yeah, that's, wow, that's just so interesting. So along the lines of you bringing up that you were a grade school teacher, you are also a professor at a Christian college, hence the Peace Prof name. Can you talk about that a bit? I am. So I use Peace Prof because um, I am a peace professional. That's what a conflict resolution specialist is. I am peace proficient. I've got the <laughs> skills and I'm a peace professor. And I love to teach these skills So cool at the college level. I wish I had learned them when I was in college. I wish way back in the 80s, These were skills that I had learned, emotional management, stress management, interpersonal communication skills. I get to teach a wide range of things. Uh, This semester, I have a stress and emotional management course that I'm really enjoying. 
and we get to talk about a lot of topics because it's a Christian college in the context of biblical truth, yes. in the context of relationship with Jesus. We can explore how things go wrong, how they're broken, how we don't have to give up and give in, but how things can be fixed, but that it also takes some effort. It yeah. takes some practical strategies. It's not magical thinking. There are no unicorns that come and <laughs> make it all go away. All the stress just disappear. There's some real practical things that we can do. And so I get to teach that. I teach things like how to listen, how to listen for understanding, how to resolve conflicts, all kinds of things that I find really enjoyable at the college level. That's so interesting. So you, you are a bit of a trailblazer. But I love it. And my students love it. And we're really enjoying this process. For some of the students, it's not what they expect when they come to right. a Christian college. But they get a lot of great classes in the books of the Bible and in history and a lot of good content. My classes tend to be a lot more practical, a lot more on the uh, sociological and psychological studies. And even a lot of Christians are concerned. Psychology, how could you bring that? Psychology is the study of human behavior. Exactly. And sociology is the study of group human behavior. Well, organizational psychology is similar. It's how we work together. That's my field. And I love to look at these things. How are we behaving? How can we behave? How does God want us to behave? What are the consequences when we behave in one way or the other? What are the blessings and benefits? Yeah. So these are the kinds of things that I love to explore with my students. And don't you find that so much of current modern evidence-based psychology is actually takes you right back to the Bible? I do. <laughs> and you know, it's really funny. So when I was getting my anger management certificate, I was up in Orange County and you take these classes and, and workshops and then you do these like practice scenarios. And one point the instructor, she pulled me aside and she said, I got to tell you, I, I had a whole bunch of seminarians and, and they failed. They just really struggled with this. And I, I don't know why. And I said to her, I said, well, it's because you used some psychological terminology. I know because I've read it right. and they didn't like the words. But if you were to look at the scriptures underneath these, for example, if you were to look at the scripture in Philippians, you know, whatsoever's lovely, whatsoever's pure, whatsoever's kind, think on these things. Yes. Right, and that's really what it is to do countering thought therapy. Right. Shoot, I was like, it's all language. It's, it's all vocabulary. It's Christian CBT. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, you know what? I'm really happy that cognitive behavioral therapy is a scriptural. It is. Uh, it's taking thoughts captive, right? Yes, I, and I love it. And if the whole world wants to use it, I love it. You don't have to be a Christian to use it. The way that I teach it in my class is we also, we apply scripture to it. Mm -hmm. And when we take the thoughts captive, we make sure that we have a scripture to replace a negative exactly. thought with. Uh, but I love that love these that. really practical, true strategies are infiltrating psychology. Yeah. And, and so for me, it's very exciting. I know a lot of people get anxious about it, but it, it does not have to be a secular subject, a exactly. secular, uh, an ungodly topic by any means. Right. Well, this is so interesting. So tell us more, my friend, about you do some retreats and conferences and multiple events. Can you tell us some of those things that you do? I do. So I have written some material on emotional and spiritual healing. And so I love to do teaching and training on that. And I can take some of my material from my college classes and do workshops and conferences. And I do that. Sometimes people will say, could you help us just 
how do we deal with high conflict personalities, whether that's in a workplace environment, did one not that long ago for real estate agents, or whether that's in a church environment, I've done them for Christian leader conferences. Um, How do you deal with people who are challenging in love, Mm. graciously, but also create some boundaries that help you be productive and keep things on track? And then spiritual healing, emotional healing. And I do retreats. This last year, I did my first small group retreat. So anger management also has process groups, small groups. And I did an entire retreat that was a process group. And I love that. I love going through it together over a couple of days. So I will teach on, on a number of things. I came from a family, a church family, that had some dysfunction in it, mm-hmm. in the name of the Lord. And, <laughs> and we didn't know, we didn't have the skills. Right. So there was a lot of conflict, a lot of ministry, distraction and destruction. And so I love to go to places where they are also wrestling and struggling and bring some hope and bring some perspective. What I talk about is letting go of legalism, embracing right. grace. So important. Learning practical strategies, learning ways to work together, not to hurt each other. You know, they frequently say that, you know, Christians are the only ones who shoot their wounded. Eat their own. Yeah, eat their own. <laughs> so I try to help people learn practical strategies not to do that, to avoid those things. I think those are just... Wonderful. So needed. Those are, are tools of the enemy that we can just put aside and not use. Keep the bride alive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I get to do all of those things and kind of mix them all together. Oh, it's just so amazing. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear. Esther is also an author. She's written a book called There's a Cult Leader in My Kitchen and also Horde of Hurts. I have. So I've, I've written a book, There's a Cult Leader in My Kitchen, which is available on Amazon. And it is my personal journey. I wrote it a number of years ago, more than a decade ago. And it was my personal journey of letting go of legalism and embracing grace. So it's essays of the process I discovered that the ministry that I was working in and the family of my origin was unhealthy Mm -hmm. and had developed some what I determined to be cult-like behaviors, not doctrinally um, incorrect, not theologically off, practically functioning in very unhealthy and cult-like manners. And so I wrote a series of essays and, and journals that eventually turned into this book to help people see their way forward. So there's that. And then the last couple of years, I've been working on spiritual and emotional healing material. And the book is actually called Freeing Space. And it's freeing from a horde of hurts so that there's room for joy. So you're freeing up all of the horde of hurts that we have, but it is available through my retreats and the things that I do. Well, I've had the honor of reading them both, and I highly recommend both of these are a very good read and also extremely vulnerable and honest. And I believe that's what people are looking for in this current age. Thank you. You know, Jill, what I love is that we get to have these conversations and we have them when the mic is on and we have them when the mic is (laughs) off. But we have found that sometimes it's hard for people to have honest conversations about the struggles that we have in life and how we apply scripture, how we apply our relationship with Jesus to the challenges and the difficulties. So I love that we're going to get to do that together on Life in Context. Yes, me too. Well, thank you so much, Esther, for sharing. And we'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Life in Context hosted by Jill Shankles and Esther DeWitt, edited and produced by BizVid Communications. If you enjoyed today's episode, 
please leave us a five-star review and follow us and like us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help. For more information on who we are and what we do, you can follow Jill at jillshankles.com. That's Jill, S-H-A-N-K-L-E-S.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow Esther at peaceprof.com. That's peace, P-R-O-F.com and at peaceprof on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you.